This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and I'm very happy to welcome to today's show, Angie Conley. Welcome, Angie. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Leslie. Angie Conley is president and CEO of Abilitech Medical, which she founded in 2016. Abilitech's first product, the Abilitech Assistant, is an exoskeleton assisted device that enables use of the arm for those affected by neuromuscular disorder to assist in activities of daily living. The assist restores independence for those living with spinal cord injury, stroke injury, muscular dystrophy, and multiple sclerosis. Angie, would you share with our listeners a bit about your early background as a science biology kind of girl? Sure. Um, Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I have long had an interest in biology and medicine and really helping other people. I'm the daughter of a cardiologist and used to do grand rounds with my dad when I was a little girl and always was drawn uh, and enamored with medicine and helping other people. My first job out of college was at Medtronic, and there I was able to meet both, you know, helping as initially as a writer and then in marketing and product development. And when the when work became routine, I always knew that I was helping other people. And that became really important and distilled. And I've had a strong commitment ever since to be able to help people uh, through my work and in the healthcare industry. Tell me a little bit about the journey to to, uh, founding Abilitech in 2016. Sure. Well, like I mentioned, I was a senior product manager and worked on six different cardiovascular products at Medtronic. And it was really exciting. Um, Always a very purposeful, mission-driven business. And then I did some medical device consulting with companies like EV3, uh, since then has been acquired by Medtronic and Covidian. And one of my, uh, I was recruited to lead a nonprofit that had a 3D printed exoskeleton for kids with arthrogryposis. And that's a condition where you're born without any musculature in your arms. And that opportunity, uh, when I fit the first child, I saw uh, a light just go on in their eyes and they started to say, look, mom, I'm moving my arms. And Mm. the parents just stopped and looked like they saw a ghost and wept. And it was this incredible experience. Um, And really, it, it, it opened me to a brand new world. And yet the technology was not scalable and people didn't wear it after a matter of sometimes a few days, few weeks, or a few months. And so, but it introduced me to this incredible opportunity. My inbox um, was just exploding with, can you help my sister, mother, brother with MS, ALS, spinal cord injury, muscular dystrophy, stroke? And I thought, holy cow, this is a huge opportunity. Um, Let's look, take a look at this. And so 
I live in Minneapolis where there's a bunch of medical device companies and we have a terrific university and a um, business competition at the University of Minnesota called the Minnesota Cup. And it's a startup competition. And so I entered it to be able to explore this opportunity. And they pair you with advisors and, and help nurture you and provide. And I already had some of the business acumen um, from Medtronic to be able to, you know, kind of approach this from a business standpoint. But there's a whole bunch of other um, steps in navigating um, founding a new business. So through the Minnesota Cup, we often joke and say I'm a Minnesota Cup baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to uh, write a, a business plan and look at this market opportunity and create a pitch deck and a video. And with that, I was able to raise our first $2 million and found Abilitech. And that happened late 2016. And so we had our funding uh, and hired our first employee in January of 2017. So it's been an almost five-year journey here, uh, studying this problem, uh, creating a solution. And uh, it's been a really rewarding experience uh, and, and full of challenges, excitement, and, and fun. One of the things that you and I talked about before we came on was that you have been a long-term social person since you were very young. And that, that <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying to say it as we talked about it, resourceful and, um, and good at meeting people and networking. Would you think that being social has helped you as a business leader? Could you recommend it for other female entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you need to have, um, there's there's strong business leaders that are both introverts and extroverts. I happen to be sort of in, my husband, who's an introvert, uh, will say, call me a wild extrovert. Um, but I, I think you have to be able to put yourself out there and be, you know, with it comes some vulnerability, um, learning for the first time being comfortable uh, in social settings, developing new relationships, um, meeting people. I'm, I'm always on. And I've, I, you have to have a lot of energy in this role um, to be able to continue to you know, nurture and develop your team, um, nurture and develop your customers and the relationships, uh, the investors that uh, you work with um, to help fund your company. And so um, I think being social, and I've had some early leadership experiences, probably dating back to, um, gosh, I think I was an all-girl, I was I, I was the only girl on an all-boys soccer team. <laughs> and I, I, I've been on, a, I played in national championships at USTA tennis. Um, I like to win and, 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 and like to compete, but I also, um, you know, it, it, I went to an all-girls high school that helped nurture some of the voice and really um, carry, I was able to carry that forward. I know that one of the things they uh, always said was be who you are and be that well. And so that's that's been something I've carried forward from that. But I, I do think, I think it helps to be an extrovert. And man, by Friday night, I, I kind of feel like an introvert. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm sure. Tell me something. Um, you've also been a woman who's been very capable looking backwards. Do you, 
have you ever struggled with self-confidence or you've always sort of relied on your past successes? Oh, wow. That's a loaded, oh. loaded oh. question there. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, you got to cut yourself some slack. And um, I'm trying to get better about that. But early on, starting Abilitech, you have to play about 20 different roles and wear 20 different hats. And you can't possibly uh, do everything perfect. And so you you can't be a perfectionist in this job to move things forward in a timely manner. And you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And with that, I think comes some challenges because you're 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 just not going to have all the answers. And one of the things I've been is resourceful. And I know when when I'm not in strong territory, I try to go and find somebody who is and who can help support mm -hmm. me. But, you know, naturally, I think you talk to a lot of um, a lot of CEOs and founders who, who have been in this path. And I think it's even more common in women is imposter syndrome. And just, you know, you feel like, oh, my God, how did I get here? And I don't I don't you know, I mean, it, 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 the first time you do something. Um, is always the hardest. And then the second time is always a little bit easier. And the third time is it even easier. So now I'm at the point where five years into it, you know, with a great team around me, I feel more confident than ever. But I'll say early on, uh, it was always, how did I get here? <laughs> what am I doing? And, and that's just honest. Mm -hmm. And I think, vulnerable. Um, and I think it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, you know, but it, it just, uh, that I, I like leaders when they, you know, they're not dictators, they, they're not going to know, and you have to empower your team to be able to make good decisions and you can't, you can't know it all. So, um, it, you know, with it comes experience and, uh, and you kind of hold on tight and just trust that it's going to get easier. And, and it eventually does. Right. And, and I like how you say you have to be, uh, I think a friend of yours suggested what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And so for you, just to kind of let our audience understand, what does that actually look like? Well, a little bit of just what I said is like you're you're building, um, you're looking at reimbursement and developing um, reimbursement strategy. Sometimes without a first full time reimbursement person, but you're reaching out and you have to be resourceful and look at all these other um, and get some advisors. And that's an area that we did. You know, we we really um, did well, I believe, uh, but. It, it takes time. So, so uh, not to get stuck in the weeds then. Just you, you just can't, yeah. um, you can't get stuck in the weeds and um, you need to develop a supportive network. And that's one of the things that I've done through Springboard Enterprises or Capita 3, um, MedExec Women, all areas that I'm part, uh, I'm part of a group of people where 
you can go um, and there's a network of people when you have questions and say, oh my gosh, I haven't, or other CEOs, what have you done, you know, in this situation <laughs> and, and learning from other people. Cause we're all, you know, hopefully here to lift each other up and, mm -hmm. and get better. But yeah, yeah. That, that learning to be comfortable um, being uncomfortable was, uh, I, I heard the very first, uh, year I started a bill attack from a, a friend and subsequent board member Don Santel that I worked with at Medtronic and and I and I repeat that <laughs> to myself or you can do hard things when it gets hard and you feel overwhelmed mm -hmm. it's like I've been here before dig in um, and it and it just takes a real conscious effort sometimes to do and if you looked backwards did you always do that whether it was playing competitive tennis whether it was being the only girl on the boys soccer team yeah i i've always been kind of a fierce competitor <laughs> but good or not and and hopefully you know hopefully never at the expense of other people but um except in a tennis match where you know you just really want to win but um yeah you know i i i think so you make um a really good point when you talk about that founders need to be vulnerable. Um, you've been, we, we talked about it a little bit, going backwards, how did you get um, exposed to being vulnerable and needing to do that for going on with life? Everybody's born with a little or a lot. And, and so I think I have, um, <laughs> I'll say that I, like in languages, I can communicate maybe in Spanish with someone and not perfectly, but I don't, I don't care so much if it's not perfect. Again, mm -hmm. perfect, not being the enemy of the good, where there are other people that just need, they won't speak until they have a perfect um, sentence formed and, and the ability to do it. And, and the learning curve is often a lot longer that way. So you just have to put yourself out there a little bit and, um, and just try and, mm -hmm. and show up. <laughs> Why do you think it's natural for you to ask for something that you need or to seek empowerment? What about maybe your life history that helped you be empowered to, to do the things that you've done? You know, if you really want to get into it, it probably uh, it probably starts with parenting and my parents. And I was just really lucky uh, to have supportive parents that uh, gave me confidence. And and I, I haven't always been confident. Everybody goes through rocky stages, but you know, is I was never afraid to raise my hand in school and ask questions. And I was always encouraged to, what do you think? And and that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't stupid and, and honored for who I was. So I guess at some level I had more confidence than, you know, I was just lucky at birth um, with that kind of parenting style and then on my journey. And I also think you mentioned that your grandmother was a suffragette, which I think um, is kind of an interesting also feather to take with you as you go forward. Oh my God. My grandma who I'm named <laughs> after is just, um, she, she'd be 126 years old right now. And, 
And she was an amazing person and married late in life, but a teacher, you know, she was in an investment club and she was, um, and, 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 and a teacher. I mean, so it wasn't like, but she traveled the world. She wrote a book. She, um, knew the name of every wildflower and bird and could whistle and stop you <laughs> in your tracks. Mm -hmm. But she was just this cool lady that, that really did. You're right. I, she really blessed, um, me mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. my early years. Um, Incredible example, right? Yeah. yeah. She was raised by, um, French nuns cause her father died before she was, um, born. And so mm -hmm. she was a suffragette and, you know, um, marched down Hennepin Avenue for women's voting rights. And, mm -hmm. um, early on, you know, was just very independent and, and just a terrific human. Uh, last question. The What do you think are three things that a founder should have before they go out and decide to find their own business? Undoubtedly, the first is uh, a mission. You got to understand why you're doing it. And so that when things get hard, you stay married to the problem and that it's worth it because I've never worked so hard in my entire life. When you're working hard and you know that it's important and that it's helping make, you know, the world a better place in some way, you know, it get it lifts you up. So mm -hmm. it lifts mm -hmm. your team up. And so we kind of in those values, mission, vision, values, I can't say enough about. Um, so that's, that's the most important. Mm -hmm. um, a second would be uh, probably some strategic planning, even though you're in a startup and you know things are going to change um, by quarter or month. The environment, you learn so much and they always say there's pivots, which might be overused, but there are changes. And look at COVID and the headwinds that that brought. You know, you, you need to have a charter of where are you going to be? And in, in one, Gabe Calamar, you know, asked me, what do you want? Or in Paula Shefty, actually, um, she said, what do you want the Wall Street Journal to read about Abilitech in uh, three years, in five years? And then chart your course and keep your eyes on the vision of where you're going and how to get there so that you're constantly reevaluating because it's about trade-offs. And then the third would probably be a supportive network. I have my introverted husband who's incredibly supportive and, and in, is an insatiable reader. And so it's not uncommon to find us on our family room couch with our black lab in between. And he's reading a book and I am plucking away at the computer trying to catch up on emails or different things. But my husband, my family have been very supportive. And then I've developed a really wonderful supportive network as well with other colleagues. Great. Angie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Leslie. Where can our guests find you? You know, I would go to abilitechmedical.com and I'll ask if anybody knows someone who has an arm, but it's too weak to use for functional activities of daily living, somebody with um, muscular dystrophy, MS, mm -hmm. ALS, spinal cord, uh, tell them about us. 
um, okay. and, and send them to our website. We'd love to help. And likewise, if they have a friend that works in the business as an OT or physical therapist or doctor, we'd love to meet them. So would uh, you mind spelling it for them? Just sure. so we have it. Yeah. It's it's Abilitech Medical, and it, we came through it with Ability Meets Technology. So we're assistive technology, A-B-I-L-I-T-E-C-H medical.com. Okay, Perfect. Thank you again, Angie, very much. Thanks. It was awesome. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.